Welcome along to episode number 69 of Money to Burn, the podcast that looks at the lighter side of business. And we couldn't let episode 69 pass without doing something very special for that very special number. So on today's episode, we have a Money to Burn episode 69 sex special. Yes, you heard it. It's a sex special. And on this episode, we have a what? You never knew that's going to tell you something about condoms that you never knew. We have a you did what when we look at a very famous actor and a job they used to do before they were famous that's very risque. And we have a no more funny business that you're going to find absolutely gas. So sit back, relax and listen to all Money to Burn has to offer. I'm Cole Bryant. And I'm Amber Sava. We're Riffs and Scripts. But you're listening to Money to Burn. What? You never knew on Money to Burn. So on this week's What? You never knew? We are going to tell you something that is probably the grossest subject we've ever had in the history of Money to Burn. And considering we've had 69 episodes, I'm going to say the number like that. Anytime I say 69, I'll say it like that because we all know why, yeah? Um, This is probably the grossest out of all of those episodes. If you want to go back and listen to all the episodes and tell me that I'm wrong, um, look, I'll give you a prize if you can prove to me that there's been something grosser on the history of Money to Burn than this. And... The what you never knew this week is all about condoms, yeah? Condoms. Well, something that you didn't know about condoms is that they used to be very cost prohibitive. And what cost prohibitive means is that the majority of people can't afford them. A bit like Ferraris nowadays, yeah? Most people can't afford a Ferrari. They'd be fairly cost prohibitive. Well, back in the day, condoms were like Ferraris because they were cost prohibitive. So, with things being cost prohibitive, a bit like a Ferrari, you don't just drive a Ferrari once and throw it away, yeah? Uh, I think you can see where this is going. Yes, well, condoms, too, weren't something that you'd throw away. They were, in fact, very, very much reusable. Yes, condoms were reusable. And as early as the 1600s, Animal-based condoms were available to the public, but for a price. One condom could easily cost, and I don't know why they used this job as an example um, for the cost of condoms, but it says one condom could easily cost a US prostitute, by the way, three months' pay. So, uh, yeah, condoms then eventually started being reused, and quite a lot, I'd imagine, um, the condoms did get used, and up until around... 1844, when Charles Goodyear, yeah, you'll know that name, Goodyear, it sounds like he had a great year, more than a good year, of obviously the tyre fame, and Thomas Hancock, which is a very unfortunate name for someone who's involved in the condom industry, Hancock, uh, began to mass produce rubber condoms on the cheap. So that's why we have the condoms today that we all know and love. Um, and I'm just imagine, it'd be so very weird, imagine someone coming up to you and saying, here mate, any chance I'm going to get a lend of your condom? Sorry, come again? Hi, this is Jen from Twisted Teacher Podcast. We are America's funniest and best educational podcast. You are listening to Money to Burn. 
You did what on Money to Burn? So on this week's You Did What, we are keeping up with the theme of episode 69. And we have something um, here today for you to tell you about. It's an actor. Now we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna go into the whole guessing who it is thing again. You like that? So I'm gonna give you a little bit of a game. So I'm gonna tell you a few things about him and see can you guess. Um, first of all, who the actor is, and then I'm gonna tell you what job he did that was rather risque. Okay. So first of all, the actor was born in 1963. If you have that already, you're a really big fan. Um, he's an American actor. He's a film producer. He's won loads of awards. He's won two Academy Awards, two British Academy Awards. He's won two Golden Globes. He's won a partridge in a pear tree. Um, he was in, let me see some films that he was in. He was in Bullet Train in 2022. That was his last film. He was in Mr. and Mrs. Smith. He was in Troy. He was in World War Two. And he was also in Fight Club. That would be one of his most famous films. I'd say you're getting close to who he is now. Um, he has been acting since 1987. He has six children. And he also used to be married to a Friends star, Jennifer Aniston. And he also was married um, to... Uh, what's her name? Um, oh, she's gone into my brain here now. What's her name? You're one. Do you know you're one? You're one. Yeah, Angelina Jolie, that's who it is. Thanks to my producer there. And when I say producer, that's just me talking in my own head. Yes, it's Angelina Jolie is his other his other spouse. Well, the person, who is it? Yes, it's a certain Mr. Uh, William Bradley Pitt is who it is. And yeah, that's actually his real name, William Bradley Pitt. That name is the Pitts. No wonder he just shortened it to Brad Pitt. It sounds much more cooler. Well, Brad Pitt had a really, really risque job back in the day, yeah, during college to try and fund his bit of money. He was, he supposedly hot stuff even when he was in college. And it might come to some surprise to you that Mr. Brad Pitt used to strip, yes, when he was in college. He used to strip in his college days at the University of Missouri, where he went to college. And uh, he didn't just do it in a drunken state, he did it for cash. And the actor was part of an all-male dancing club called the Dancing Bears. Now, the Bears actually spelled very well. It's spelled B-A-R-E-S, as in, they get it out. Yeah, and he would dance for female students on their birthdays. And one of Pitt's friends even revealed they once performed a butt-naked choreographed dance with pillowcases on their heads for a sorority girl who had just turned 21. Jeannie, someone didn't tell uh, Brad Pitt's friend there that one rule, the first rule of Brad Pitt's former career is don't talk about Brad Pitt's former career. And the second rule of Brad Pitt's former career is don't talk about Brad Pitt's former career. Jeannie, did he ever watch Fight Club? Debbie, and I listen to Money to Burn on the Lewis Into Work. Hi, I'm Brian, and I listen to Money to Burn while in the gym in Kildare. Outworking or working out, Money to Burn is always a good shout. No more funny business on Money to Burn.
On today's No More Funny Business, we are going to tell you about a girl who you might know. You might have heard about her before, if you are a fan of the show, 90 Day Fiancé. Yeah, I was a big fan of 90 Day Fiancé. I haven't watched it in the last couple of series of it, but um, I may catch up on it. But I was a big fan of 90 Day Fiancé. It's a good show. If you've never, ever watched it, go check it out. Well, there was a star on that show called Stephanie Matto. And she became famous because she was the show's first ever same-sex couple in 20. 2020. Well, Stephanie Matto is what she describes herself as a fartrepreneur. That's what she calls herself, a fartrepreneur. Um, I'm not sure if you ever heard of a fartrepreneur, but she was the first ever fartrepreneur as far as I'm uh, concerned. And she went viral on TikTok last year by starting up a lucrative, yes, fart selling business and she gained hundreds of thousands of followers in one day in fact overnight she was an overnight success from this I think she probably used her 90 day fiance fame now in fairness to launch it um, but yeah, it was a day, she did, basically her, her whole documented was a day in the life of a fart girl jar, and in the videos, she showcased her diet, lots of protein shakes and cabbage stews, she says, and Matto received dozens of requests per day, um, asking for these farts in a jar, um, she's shocked with how high the demand was, she's very, she was very, very surprised that they were in such demand, but her clients were willing to pay a thousand dollars a pop for these jars. Um, in her opinion, she uh, says online, uh, she's been quoted as saying that she thinks that it's because men have this kind of fantasy about being swindled. And by paying for a fart in a jar, it's kind of a little bit of a, a dominatrix kind of effect for them. Um, as I say, she describes herself as a fartrepreneur. Um, and, but Mata or Matto, should I say, Matto, um, basically got herself in a little bit of trouble with the job because... Around Christmas time, she actually was rushed to Eeyore because of her job. You'd be wondering, hard farting in a jar is tough work, supposedly. And she describes she had heart attack-esque symptoms, which the doctor promptly diagnosed as severe gas pain as a result of her diet. And Matto's visit to Eeyore, which she has recounted um, online, was... Basically, across all news outlets around the globe, people were praying for her, um, saying, hang in there, love, prompting several social media debates whether Matto's fart-selling enterprise was about to go down the drain. But Matto basically adapted to the situation, and she has now launched, and um, these are pretty crap, to be honest with you, uh, NFTs. Who buys NFTs? But she's now selling her newest venture, which is Fart Jar NFTs, which sell for 0.05 ETH. That's what it's pronounced as ETH. That's pretty much about a little bit less than 200 quid each for a drawing of a fart in a jar. It's one thing, I think buying a fart in a jar is bad enough, but buying a drawing of a fart in a jar is a whole new level. And she says she hopes that changing her business kind of model will significantly reduce sales of her physical fart jars, but it will also physically reduce her visits to AOR or EOR, should I say? Um, AOR, what's AOR? Um, but yeah, EOR. She's hoping not to go to go both back to EOR too much more. But fair play to Stephanie Matto, and it just goes to show you that if you have a crazy idea and you're willing to put it into action, you never know how much you can make, even if it is just a fart in a jar. That is absolutely the gassest company I've ever heard of. You can follow Money to Burn over on Instagram under the name Money to Burn Podcast. Join the other Money to Burn maestros from around the globe as we talk all things Money to Burn.
None of your business on Money to Burn. Most of us imagine conception as a race to the egg where the fastest sperm wins and gets to pass on its genes, and I'm not talking about the Levi's, to its baby-to-be. Yes, this is one of those sex facts that you should actually forget, because it's not true. If you've ever been told that you were the Usain Bolt of sperm, and that you won a race against all these other millions of sperm, and that's how you were born, that is a load of BS. And that comes from Jill McDevitt, yeah? She should know, because she's a human sexuality expert at Calexitics, and she's the resident sexologist there. Hard to pronounce that. Resident sexologist. Yeah, I think that's actually a very good one for LinkedIn. I might change, update my job pro profile to Dave Byrne, resident sexologist. That sounds quite good. But yeah, she's the resident sexologist there. She actually does that as a job. And she says, in her opinion, that the narrative is based around our cultural lens of men being very competitive and violent. We're not all very competitive and violent. Well, most of us are. Yeah, no, very competitive and violent. And these sperm fought their way to the egg while the egg slash woman sits around passively and is just happy to go with whatever sperm arrives first. And she said that is not true at all. The egg actually has has sophisticated biological mechanisms that actively choose which sperm they allow in and it isn't always the first to arrive that's what she says which makes sense it's probably a bit like a biological version of tinder so she swipes left on that no 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 um a million swipes in she swipes right on you because she likes the look of that little glint in your eye and that's how you were born that makes a lot more sense to me actually because i always found it very weird that i won a race against millions of other sperm because i wouldn't be the fastest guy in the world but i do have a bit of charm and i do have a bit of wit so i can imagine that's how i uh, basically won the race i arrived a million sperm back rocked up to the egg gave it a little bit of a wink and used my razor sharp wit and that's how i won my ticket to the big show they call earth hi this is connor and leakslip and i listen to money to burn while out for my morning run Breaking Fad on Money to Burn. So on Breaking Fad, we like to look at things that were out years and years and years ago that were popular, um, maybe back in the 90s, back in the 80s, that you may have in your house, in your possession, that can be worth a few quid today. Now, we have had people who've listened to Money to Burn who have gone through their attics and found old bits that we've talked about on the show and have cashed in on them. So keep listening if you're looking to make a few quid. And especially if you're clearing out your attic at the moment, if you're clearing out old presses, you might want to keep an eye out for some of these things and since we're on episode 69 today we thought we'd do something um on magazines yeah and in particular the world's one of the world's most famous magazines it is playboy when you think of a magazine can you think of any more famous magazine than playboy maybe national geographic but that wouldn't really fit into an episode 69 um as much as playboy would but yeah playboy one of the most famous magazines uh, in the world if you grew up in the 50s or even in the 90s as back as far as then playboy would have been very very popular and um, i'm sure you would have seen it on many a uh desk in the doctors perhaps um did they have playboys in there i'm sure they did they should have had 
Um, and you may have even owned a few. And if you did own a few, if you did have a couple of Playboys under your bed when you were younger, uh, in hiding in your wardrobe or wherever you kept them, maybe you were very blasé about them and you just left them on the bookshelf in the house, wherever you had them, if you still have those magazines, you could be sitting on a lot of cash because perhaps you're sitting on that magazine right now. Look under you. Is it there? If it is, you could be having a lot of money. And Playboy was started by the late Hugh Hefner, RIP, in 1953. He was just 27 years old when he started it. And Hefner created what would become one of the most sought-after adult entertainment magazines. I'd say the most sought-after, actually the most famous magazine by a long shot. And it's a, it's a brand that still goes strong today. You still see Playboy bunny stuff and people going on about Playboy even today. And if you do have any of the old ones, um, I'm going to tell you now which ones are worth the most money. Now, remember, they have to be in some decent condition. If you've um, not been looking after these magazines, you're not going to get very much for them. They go online for about a euro to maybe 10 euros, 10 dollars, whatever your currency you're in. And they don't sell for much if they're in rag order, as they say. Rag order, Ted. Well, if they're in good condition, you can make a lot of cash off. I'm going to list off the ones that you can make the most money off. Um, the December 1953 edition. That's in the first episode, first episode, you say, the first magazine of Playboy. And it featured none other than the beautiful Marilyn Monroe. Yes, Marilyn Monroe. And this was the first ever magazine for Playboy. And it sold for 50 cent back in the day. Um, I remember actually an episode of Pawn Stars where they, someone brought that magazine actually in, and they got $1,400 for it. But Pawn Stars are very low ballers. They don't really give you what things are worth. Um, obviously, they have to make a profit off it. But anywhere now, if you do have that magazine, you won't only be getting $1,400 for it. It's actually worth a crazy $10,000. Yes, if you have the number one episode of our number one magazine, epi- uh, magazine number one, I keep saying episode, magazine number one with Marilyn Monroe in it, it's worth $10,000 thousand dollars crazy go look for it see can you root it out um in february 1954 a year after it launched there was a playboy featuring yvonne menard yeah never heard of her um but the issue actually sold at auction for 431 dollars in 2006 that's that's decent i suppose considering it was only worth 50 cent back in the day and but it's now expected to be worth over $2,000 if you still have it. And it says, there's very big details on these. It has to have the centerfold featuring Margaret, Sc- Margaret Scott still intact in the middle. Um, the June 1962 Playboy version, if you're born in the 60s and you've got that edition, it's a Toast to Bikinis was the name of it. And it was featuring uh, Marissa Matz. I've never heard of her either. Um, she's good at Matz, I heard. But yeah, Matz was the cover model and centerfold girl for 1962 issue of Playboy. And while we can provide an example exact uh, value for the issue like there's no really exact amount out there one was actually sold recently as up to as recent as two years ago for four thousand dollars that's a nice bit of cash you might be thinking that's not life-changing money but it's certainly buy a car if that magazine's just sitting in a wardrobe you can, you can go exchange it for a new car um in march 1980 a playboy featuring bo derrick yes i've heard of her the most famous uh, she's very famous a mint condition issue of playboy featuring bo derrick can be worth up to twelve thousand dollars these days. That's even more than the Marilyn Monroe um, magazine. Uh, it actually retailed for $2.50 when it was first released back in uh, 1980 and now it's worth over 
$12,000. This one's going to surprise you for anyone, um, I'm not sure if anyone bought this ep- this uh, edition, but a very surprising person on the cover of Playboy. You probably didn't even know this person appeared on the cover of Playboy. And it was October 1993, and it was the comedian, I'm a fan of his, of Jerry Seinfeld. Yes, he wasn't naked, it says. Um, <laughs> I think everyone was happy with that. According to um, online valuations, that that magazine with Jerry Seinfeld in it is a real big collector's edition, and you can get anything up to seven to nine thousand uh, dollars i had jenny mccarthy as a centerfold and yeah jerry J- uh, jerry uh, seinfeld a brilliant program love seinfeld big fan of it but if you do happen to have the playboy edition with him on it he's holding a phone on it by the way there's loads of girls in a telephone booth and he's kind of on the phone while they're all standing around in bikinis all crammed in it looks like there's about many of them there's about 10 of them in the phone booth i don't know how they managed to do that but if you can get that your hands on that magazine or if you own it it's worth ten thousand dollars so go root it out um and then in august 1993 it's actually the older magazines seem to be worth a lot more than the ones that would be up to date ones in august 1993 there's a playboy Boy featuring Pamela Anderson and the one and only Dan Aykroyd. He was in this egghead kind of. Um, you remember that that film about the eggs? They all had eggheads. I wasn't a fan, but uh, he's wearing that on the cover of the magazine. Um, I'm not too sure how that would entice anyone to buy it. I'm sure it was Pamela Anderson who did. In 2010, this was actually valued at between anywhere between five to seven thousand dollars, and it says it has Jennifer Lavoie. I've never heard of her as the centerfold. So look. That's the, they're the magazines. If you have Playboy magazines, they're sitting around, they're up in your attic, they're wherever you kept them. Go root them out. And if you have any of those ep, any of those magazines, um, if they're in okay condition, they will be obviously worth not as much. But if you do happen to have them in mint condition, I'll tell you, you have two things. If you have a if you have a Playboy with that is in mint condition, you have two things that are very important. One. You've got about $10,000 coming to you. And two, you have incredible discipline. Fair play to you. And that, my friends, is the end of episode number 69 of Money to Burn, the podcast that looks at the lighter side of business. Hope you've all enjoyed this episode of Money to Burn. And if you'd like to win yourself some prizes, get on over to our Instagram page at Money to Burn Podcast. Follow us over there because I'm going to be running a competition really soon over on that page and you can win some great prizes. So go over there and give us a follow today. If you want to follow us also on Twitter, it's Money to underscore Burn. I'll be giving details of the competition over there too. And also, if you want to drop us an email info at money to burn.com on the emails until next time which will be very very soon stay safe stay happy but most of all get lucky <laughs> <laughs>